welcome to the Mason Jar Podcast. I'm Renee Mathis, and I'm your host for this series of podcasts on mentoring moms. Whether you are a young mom in need of guidance or an older mom with wisdom to share, I hope you'll join me on this encouraging journey. And today, my guest is my friend, Christina Fox. I first met Christina as part of our denomination's women's ministry team. And now we have since gone on to serve on the advisory board for Covenant College together. Christina is an accomplished author, and as we are recording this episode, the first week in June, her brand new book just came out, and it's called Sufficient Hope. I can't wait to share this with you and to hear more from Christina. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Renee. I'm excited to be here. Good. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and your family and all that fun stuff. Well, like many moms, I wear many hats. I'm a mom to two boys, ages uh, 11 and 14, a wife to my husband for about 23 years. As you mentioned, I have written a few books. I serve my denomination on the women's ministry team, and I enjoy speaking to women's ministry groups. I love hiking for fun with my family, and I'm passionate about coffee, and I love to read. Those are a few things about me. All right. All those good things. I I can see why we're friends because we have all those good things in common. (laughs) And in addition, you edit the blog for our our women's ministry, the Encourage blog. You have some, your own blogs. I I know you show up here and there online. I am. I have uh, my website that I write for, christinafox.com. And I've contributed to a number of different Christian ministries, uh, Desiring God, Gospel Coalition, Ligonier. Wonderful. Oh, that's good. Um, Well, your book, your new book is subtitled Gospel Meditations and Prayers for Moms. So I would love to hear about this. How did you come to decide to write this book? What was your goal in writing it? Well, I think writers often write the book that they want to read. So Sufficient Hope is is a book I needed to read, especially um, when I first became a mom. Motherhood sort of knocked me (laughs) off my feet and wasn't quite what I expected. And so I had some initial challenges um, in the early years. Uh, Well, still do today, but I really was confronted that I needed the gospel and that I was uh, seeking hope in my motherhood outside of of Christ. And so uh, I would say this book is really born out of that. And I want it to be a source of encouragement for moms uh, to know that whatever their situation they're in, whether they're challenged with their child's behavior or they are going through a season of loneliness as a mom, or they are just struggling with it, you know, feeling inadequate in their motherhood, whatever the situation that the gospel is always there to give them hope. And so that's kind of how the book is broken up. Each chapter face, you know, discusses a specific, situation or challenge or just aspect of motherhood and then can point them to Christ and their hope in him. And there's also prayers at the end of each chapter uh, that kind of point to the same things that, that were addressed in the chapter. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, you're right. I, I love what you said that uh, you wrote the book you wanted to read. <laughs> that is, it speaks to your experience 
as, as being the, a good person to write this. And I wanted to connect it real quickly to your previous books. Um, you've written one on the Psalms of Lament called, what was the title of that one? Heart Set Free. A Heart Set Free. And then Closer Than a Sister about friendships between women. Yes. Yeah. Am I missing one? And then Idols of a Mother's Heart. Yes. Idols of a Mother's Heart. So how how would you put sufficient hope in, in the context of all the books? Um, do you recommend reading them in a certain order? Do they each ap- apply to different people in different stages? Well, I, the two on motherhood are obviously for moms. I wouldn't say that there's a particular order, but that the two books, Sufficient Hope and Out of the Mother's Heart, you know, they both deal with motherhood, obviously, but Out of the Mother's Heart really zeroes in on idolatry in motherhood, okay. a specific thing. And so the Sufficient Hope's a bit more devotional in nature, but they both okay on the gospel, so... Oh, good. I, and I, have, I confess I've not had a chance to read Idols of a Mother's Heart, but um, we used your book Closer Than a Sister in our church for a women's Bible study one semester and just loved it. So I would always, I'm, I'm going to recommend that right off the bat. If anyone is looking for a great Bible study um, resource for your women or for a small group, Closer Than a Sister is a little more general, I would say, in that it's not just specifically for moms, but it's for anyone who has maybe moved to a new community or is seeking to deepen their relationships with their sisters in Christ. Yes. Definitely say the first two books are not specific for mothers at all. So, right. You know, married, single, young, old. Good. Well, we like to reach as many people as we can with this, with these podcasts. So um, a lot of our moms who are listening, though, are homeschoolers. And can you remind me, didn't you homeschool for a season? Yes. I, most of my oldest is 14 and we have homeschooled since he was in first grade and he is still homeschooled. All right. And my youngest has been homeschooled as well, though this year he's going to be doing something different. Okay. Okay. Well, good. So you, you definitely know from whence you speak of <laughs> all the different things we go through, especially as homeschooling moms. Well, the overarching theme of this series of podcast episodes is mentoring. So just curious, what comes to your mind when you hear the word mentor? Often, I guess because I enjoy hiking so much, I often think of mentoring in the context of hiking of you know a trail that you're on and when I go hiking with my family I'm often at the end of the the line (laughs) (laughs) and then as time goes on they're like way ahead of me because they're all tall and I'm not but I think of it as someone who is farther ahead on the trail than you are in whatever the situation is that you're talking about so they know the terrain that you're on they they already went through it themselves and they they don't just call out to you from way ahead and say, oh, hey, there's, you know, there's mud coming up ahead. You know, they actually turn around, they come back down the trail and they walk beside you and just kind of talk you through where they've just gone through and what they learned in, in their journey as they went through it. That's kind of the image I have in my mind when I think of mentoring. That's a great one. And that is one that has not been shared so far on these episodes. So thank you. I like that. That's good. I know my husband and I like to hike a lot as well. And, and it's always kind of fun when you see someone coming toward you. And after you kind of say hi, and you know, then it's like, well, you know, how is it? Or, or what, what, what did you come? How much longer? <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. 
but then to have that person, like you said, who who makes sure you make sure you're not left behind, right? That that right. come beside you and keep you connected to the group and and keep you making progress. Who do you like to think of as your mentors? I've had many um, in different situations in different seasons. Whether you know someone who mentored me in my first job, or uh, someone who mentored me when I was a newlywed, or had you know, just had a baby, those kind of things. So I've just had different people who poured into me over the years uh, in that way. Currently, I have someone who has been mentoring me just in ministry and just showing me how to serve others and what that really looks like practically. You're right. And, and we need that, don't we? I mean, we, we need some, sometimes we just need to see what it looks like and yes. have that other person going before us. Like you said, I love the, the picture of pouring their life into us and may we be able to do that for others. And I always try to find ways in these episodes to encourage not just the young moms that there are people out there who want to help you, but also those of us who maybe are a little bit farther along to look for those young moms or the, the people coming up behind you that might need that little bit of encouragement. And, uh, and sometimes it's just a matter of modeling and, and showing what it looks like. We have one woman at our church who's a very gifted hostess and very gifted in a formal way. And um, I know it, it's good for some of the young moms, and I, I would include myself in this. Would you please show me how to set that table again? And, and how do you do that flower arranging to make it look so good? <laughs> you know, she just does it naturally, but I need to see it, right? I need to see yeah. it. Yeah. Sometimes I think that we can feel like we are, I don't know, maybe um, if we're older, we might think, well, I'm, I'm, I just can't identify with a younger woman. Like we're a different generation or different life circumstances. Um, but I'm always surprised by how, you know, there is, well, the gospel is kind of that um, general thing that we have in common and that mm-hmm. even though we may not have the exact same experience as someone else or if we're older, just feel disconnected from a, a, a specific generation that the gospel kind of levels it for us. I remember being approached by someone at our church to mentor, someone who's significantly younger than me. And I was like, I do you know how old I am? <laughs> how long has it been since I was in school or whatever? I don't know what to even talk about, you know, and, but I realized that we have the gospel in common. And so there is, there is something to talk about. There is. And I, and I bet you found out once you started talking, you knew more than you thought probably. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back to you. And I learned a lot too. So. <laughs> yes. You know, everybody benefits from this kind of a relationship. Well, one characteristic of a good mentor is someone who is honest, someone who's humble. And in this book, you share very openly about some of your struggles as a mom. Was that hard? Was that hard to write about and dig down and find those things? That is, uh, I would say, a reflection of of who I am. It it comes naturally to me, I think, to talk that way uh, and share that way. And I, I realize that's not true of everyone that don't feel comfortable doing that, but um, I always have been comfortable um, sharing things about myself and things I'm going through. I, I guess because I realize that I learn most from people who are sharing their own life. I remember being in a Bible study and it was led by an elder and you know, he certainly went through a book of the Bible with us and, and I learned a lot 
from that. But what I learned even more was when he shared his personal stories of how that book of the Bible shaped him and what he learned from it and, and how he applied it to specific challenges in his life. And um, I learn more, I think, when I hear from the people instructing me or teaching me how it impacts their own life more than them just telling me a fact. The Bible says this, you know, well, what is it? How did that, how did that impact your marriage? How did that impact your job? You know, whatever. So I guess it's because that's how I learn best, but that's how I write. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. It does. Yeah. We're more than just heads that need more facts to absorb, I think, but um, seeing those, those things and those characteristics embodied in somebody else, like you said, being lived out really helps us to understand. It goes back to that modeling thing again, doesn't it? Helps us to understand what it looks like. Um, I really appreciated your your vulnerability, your transparency, and um, and and they were just everyday, normal, approachable kinds of, of issues. Um, that as I was reading, you know, I thought, well, we've all been there. Yes, we can relate to that. Is things that as moms we've all had happen to us and brought back some memories for me too. <laughs> I bet. It's been a while since I've had little ones in the house. How would how would you say the Lord has prepared in you to to turn around and share with other women? What brought you to this point? That's a great question. <laughs> I think so. Uh, my master's is in counseling, and um, I did work in practice uh, for a while. So I can't uh, separate myself from that training and it comes through in my writing. Um, I think that's why my first book was about emotions, for example, having written about idolatry and in this uh, insufficient hope address a lot of different types of emotional kind of circumstances, I guess you'd say, or uh, sorrows and sufferings and challenges that we face. And so I feel like writing is, is one of the ways that I kind of use my training and my experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, re- I heard someone say, I don't know who he, the quote was, all of parenting is just teaching your kids how to respond emotionally appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh. <laughs> you know, no, it's not okay to hit this person or no, it's not okay yes. to tell this person or, oh, you're upset and tired. Let's, let's express it this way, you know? And, um, and, and as I read your book, I'm thinking, you know, we as Christian women and moms also need to learn how to express our emotions appropriately um, and to deal with them appropriately, not only because that's part of our sanctification, that's what God is doing in our life, but we model them for our children, right? how to respond to all the things that, that life throws at us. So, you know, looking at it from chapter one in, in your book, Jesus is all sufficient in chapter two, the good news that moms need. Uh, I love that you started there, right? You didn't start with, you've got a problem and we're going to fix it. But, well, I I guess in a sense, it is the big problem that we all have, right? Which is sin and the need for it. Thinking about and talking about grounding it all in the gospel. um, That's probably the short answer. That's what we all need. And then after those chapters, you know, we've got moms listening who are thinking, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm buried under the diapers and the laundry and and the school, and, you know, where do I go next? How does your book address moms in those particular seasons of life? Well, I mean, I have a, there is a chapter on um, what the gospel says when we're just flat out 
weary and worn. Uh, and there's also one on our work and how we can just feel like it's it's never done. It's um, we're just kind of doing the same thing over and over, rinse and repeat kind of a thing. And what is what does it all mean? What does it have any value? The work that we're doing for our children. Also, you know, a chapter on just feeling hopeless about not knowing uh, how to respond to something that's going on with our kid's life or just not just feeling completely overwhelmed with uh, the responsibility of being a mom. Um, and the good news is God's got an answer for that too. Yes. There, there is all, there is sufficient hope. I love that sufficient. That's what, that's a, that's what we need. We, you know, just the right amount. It's what we need. Yes. Yeah. We, we will never be lacking in that. I really appreciated the chapter called Who Am I? And your quote, what we do isn't who we are. It's so easy, I think, to get wrapped up in, oh, I'm a homeschooler. And then we subdivide that. I'm a homeschooler according to this tradition or according to this curriculum, according to this person that I admire. And we have our sub little groups that we want to define ourselves by. And I think there is a danger in defining ourselves, you know, as just a homeschooling mom. That's who I am. Um, or I'm, I'm the large family mom, or I'm the urban mom, or I'm the farm mom. Fill in the blank, right? Whatever makes us unique is what we, we tend to gravitate toward. How would you say, how would you answer that question? You know, who am I? That's a question that, you know, philosophers have been asking for forever, <laughs> It's a question uh, in the heart of every human being is wondering, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And, you know, as you mentioned, we do tend to focus on the things that we do as defining us. You know, I'm, I'm a doctor or I'm, I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a writer. Whatever it is that we do defines us. But those things aren't always lasting. We, our kids move out of the house then we're not homeschooling anymore or we retire from our job. And so then we're not doing that anymore. And then we, we just feel lost because we're anchored to that, that task that we had each day. And while God certainly made us to work and to do things, it it doesn't um, define us that our really identity is in who we are in Christ, in our relationship with him and, our union with him. And, and that's something that I focus on in the book is just knowing who we are because of Christ and what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And other, other topics you've got, when things don't turn out as we planned, when we've blown it, we can all relate to that. And at the end of each chapter, you have a couple of really like two or three, not a lot. It's not overwhelming. I don't want y'all to think that if you buy this book, there's homework, um, but some good questions to think about. And I was thinking about, oh, how can we use those questions? And I'm thinking, you know, I could see using it in a journal. If you keep a journal every day, um, just reading the, the short Bible passage, or if you, if you did want to meet with a couple of other moms, um, even, you know, over FaceTime or, or, some kind of an app where you just record your response very quickly and and share with your small group. I could see that happening. Um, But one of my very favorite features in the book are the prayers at the end of each of the chapters. You gently and carefully guide us according to God's word in just 
how to pray during these specific situations. So I wanted to just read a short portion of one of these prayers just to give our our listeners an idea of of what it sounds like. And I apologize, I didn't write on my notes which chapter this is from. So if if you remember, you can uh, refresh my memory when I'm done. But Christina writes, forgive me for forgetting who you are, the sovereign king. Forgive me for forgetting your goodness to me in Christ. Forgive me for acting like my kids do when I don't let them have more candy. I know what is good for them just as you know what is best for me. Forgive me for the way I have responded to these interruptions. Help me to look at these upside down days as sovereignly placed opportunities to glorify you and obey you. Help me to stop and ask myself, what might God want me to learn in this? Help me to find joy in the fact that I am your child and that you know exactly what I need. Help me to step back from staring at the inconvenience before me and to look at the big picture that you are painting. That was beautiful. And I thank you for for doing that. Thank you. That's from chapter 11 about just what the gospel has to say when our plans are interrupted in our day, which certainly happens to me almost on a daily basis. Absolutely. There are minor inconveniences and sometimes they're pretty big, big inconveniences um, and big interruptions. And uh, it's hard to seek God in those, but when we do, we'll, we'll, we see his goodness and what he's doing in us through them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that as a very special kind of mentoring because you are teaching us and modeling for us how a godly woman prays. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can't think of those, those words on our own. If we're in the middle of, like I said, we're buried under the laundry and the diapers, <clears throat> what, what do I say? How, how, how would it look like to pray in this situation? And, um, well, I, let, I feel, if I might, I, writing prayers is one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. and it hasn't always been. And it actually started with motherhood. So before I had kids, I would have all this quiet time before I go to work in the morning and I could pray. But then once I had kids, there was no quiet time and I, had trouble concentrating, um, just praying in my mind. And I discovered I need a new way to pray or it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing my prayers because that was something that I could do while people were running around all around me. Um, I could be interrupted and come back to it and see where I left off mm-hmm. and, um, and continue in my prayer. Um, so, it became a, just a habit that I developed when my kids were little out of necessity and then became just a, just a big part of my spiritual relationship and growth with, with the Lord. And um, I've come to really love doing it. And so I've been, as you can see, now sharing them with other people. Yeah. Um, blogger, uh, Pastor Tim Challies, he calls it his spiritual first aid kit in one of his posts that um, pre-written prayers are one of those things that he uses when he needs that little, either a boost or a new way of looking at life. And, and I think sometimes we need others to say the words for us. And it's a great teaching tool as well. Those of y'all who are listening, you can't, you can't see Christina like I can because we're using the video chat right now, but she's in her library or her office. And I'm looking behind you at these beautiful bookcases. (laughs) You have one of those library ladders, I think it's called, on the little rollers. But you mentioned you weren't very tall. <laughs> I'm guessing that's to help you reach those top shelves. Yes, yes. I, 
I need it. It's um, like every homeschooler's dream is to have these beautiful bookcases. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking about your prayers and your chapters as that ladder, right? It just helps give us that leg up. It gives us a boost and it helps it helps us get to where we want to go. Um, so thank, this book is a wonderful resource and I really pray that it gets into the hands of a lot of moms who need it. I'm guessing we could go to your website, christinafox.com, just like it sounds, and, and find out about your books. And they're also on Amazon. Yes. Do you have any favorite resources that you'd like to share with us? Well, speaking of prayers, um, one of my favorites is um, books um, that contains prayers is Scotty Smith's book uh, called Everyday Prayers. And he has one for every day of the year and their gospel centered prayers. Um, so if you find that you like that kind of thing, um, that's an excellent book that can be like a devotional kind of book. Mm-hmm. And another book that a point had pointed me to the gospel a lot is um, Paul Tripp's book, New Morning Mercies, which is another uh, daily uh, devotional that's focused on the gospel. So if you uh, need something like that, I point you to this. Good. Yeah, I have a friend who um, she and her husband do that together as a devotional every morning. They read New Morning Mercies together. And I thought, what a great idea. Yeah, because that, those yeah. are just for moms. Those are for everybody. Yes. Um, and Scotty Smith's prayers as well. Very good. Well, as moms, whether we are, are homeschooling or not, we have a huge job. And it's easy to be discouraged sometimes by the enormity of our task. So, Christina, I want to thank you for your teaching and instruction for us. And thank you for showing us what truly gives us hope. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Renee.